Hey everyone, this is Jenny Jewell and you're listening to Courageous Conversations. On today's episode, the Me Too movement. Hashtag Me Too. It is everywhere we look. It's a movement that is taking down some of the most powerful and popular men in our country. In Hollywood, politics, the media, and beyond. The Me Too movement has gained so much momentum within the past year and a half that has taken on a life all of its own. But for all of its current popularity, the phrase Me Too actually came into being 10 years ago by Tarana Burke, an activist in Harlem who launched the movement to help underprivileged women of color who are victims of sexual assault. But it wasn't until actress Alyssa Milano posted a tweet back in October of 2017 stating that if all women who have been victims of sexual harassment or assault would post Me Too in their status, it would give everyone the idea of the magnitude of the problem, that it took off like wildfire and has gained momentum and given women everywhere the confidence to speak up, has men shaking in their shoes, and has caused the rest of the nation to really start listening. Instead of being brushed off as locker room banter or joked about, people, men and women, are taking a stand. Many would say it is about time, because when a person's pain is turned into a joke or a punchline, it becomes normalized and not taken as seriously, which can then open the door to other oppressive actions. But the Me Too movement isn't a joke, and it isn't going away. What started out, started out as a stand against sexual assault has turned into a movement for equality on many different levels, in businesses, boardrooms, politics, and pay scale that women and men are speaking up for. So today we'll take an open, honest, and sometimes controversial look at the movement, the social changes it has brought about, and where we go from here. How do we define the Me Too movement? Can we? What are our responsibilities in this if we want it to have a lasting impact? There are new allegations surfacing all the time of men being accused of sexual harassment or assault. Are we being fair to men? And how will the Me Too movement affect how we raise our daughters and sons? So joining me today are three amazing women that I am excited to talk with about all of this. First, I'm welcoming back Amy Lloyd a business owner of 20 years for as a senior sales director for Mary Kay. She has stepped into the role of life coach, supporting and leading women, and she is the wife and mom of three and one of the most insightful women I know. And she'll be joined today by Lindsay Lacosto, executive director of the Downtown Henderson Partnership, a founding member of the Seven Sisters organization, which is a not-for-profit dedicated to bringing awareness about opioid addiction in an effort to stop the stigma and start helping those suffering from this disease. In her spare time, she is also a yoga instructor and loves spending time with her boyfriend and her dog, Charlie. And my third guest, Angie Humphrey, a TV broadcaster since 1973, she has filled several roles throughout those years, from weather girl to magazine show host to working for Ted Turner to her current role as the host of WEHT Local Lifestyles. In 1998, she went on to pursue a Master Divinity degree and is the founder and pastor of Fresh Air Community of Faith. So welcome everyone. Hello. Hello. Good to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you guys and a little nervous to tell you the truth. (laughs) (laughs) um, But you know what? 
let's just go ahead. We're just going to jump right into it, talking about the Me Too movement. Um, you know, going back to the questions in the introduction, introduction, the first one is, you know, how do we define the Me Too movement? And I ask this because my 14-year-old and I were actually talking about this one day, and I asked her if she had heard about it, and of course she said yes, and she asked me, what is it exactly? So I asked her what she thought it was, and she was like, well, I know it has to do with, you know, women being assaulted and um, people taking a stand against it. Um, but it's not, you know, to me, I don't think it's something that we can necessarily narrow down to a textbook definition. Um, so, and, and it's also very surprising to me, the number of men and women who have either never heard of the Me Too movement or simply just don't care. Mm. Um, so, what do you tell people who have never heard of it and how do we get them to care? Angie. Yeah. I don't know that you can tell them anything, but I think you, you know, once you get your jaw back up where it belongs, <laughs> are you on the backside of the moon lately? <laughs> Apparently you're not on Facebook or you're not reading the news. It would be hard to understand to ask them, how is it you've missed it? Because even though in history it didn't have a name, but... Uh, Tarana Burke and Melissa Milano and all these people have given it a name. They've put a, a frame around it, they've given it a context, but it's the history of history of human beings from Lysistrata to, you know, whatever part of history, there's always been this sort of embattled idea that the battle between the sexes has, will always be won by the male of the species. And this movement would be, if I was explaining to somebody who didn't know this, it's finally uh, the unified voice of men and women around the globe that say, as they say in Hollywood, time's up. It's mm -hmm. time for the playing field to be equal. It's time for uh, all of this that's been in the shadows to come forward. And that's what the hashtag MeToo movement is, is now we have legs to this movement. When Alyssa Milano posted that tweet on in October the 5th, I think at noon, on to, in 2017, by that afternoon there were 200,000 of them. Wow. By the next day there were 500,000 retweets. Yes. Wow. Oh my and gosh. it finally went to 4.7 million in 12 million posts in a matter of days. So that that would be all I would say is go, well, there's your empirical data. Yeah, absolutely. This is not a little problem that's happening in a teapot or in a dark corner. Right. It's happening throughout generations of women. It always has. Yes. But it's time for it to stop. And yes. each and every single one of those tweets is a person. Mm -hmm. is oh gosh, and a story. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and it took like Alyssa Milano, somebody with that platform. I mean, Toronto Burke made this, her movement back in what, 2006? 2006, yes. yes. But when Alyssa Milano used her platform for good, it made other people feel like they could, they have a voice and that they could, you know, speak up. And yes, so they weren't necessarily afraid anymore. And now people will start to believe them and they felt a little more confident. Right. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, and I think to uh, Melissa, Alyssa Milano's credit, she did realize that Tarana Burke had already said this mm -hmm. back in 2006 and wanted to not co-opt it in, because it was really about women of color. Mm -hmm. And that needed to have its own story, just like Black Lives Matter and mm -hmm. All right. Lives Matter. <clears throat> There's two different things here. So she started something that then became this transformative voice for all people, but we would be, it would be unfair for us to say this is just 
about what's happening right now. She right. really started the ball rolling, mm-hmm. addressing women living in, in dangerous communities and women of color, mm-hmm. and good for her. No, for mm-hmm. sure. And she's doing a documentary now, too, mm-hmm. called Me Too. That's so. awesome. Awesome. And you know, I think too about um, the the courage that it would take for an individual woman like myself or like any of us around this table to open up Facebook and see this and type in hashtag me too. Mm. Because every, like you said, everyone has a story and the person that might be reading my story might have been the person that was perpetrator. Right. Mm-hmm. And just the amount of bravery it, it takes and... One of the things that happened to me, I don't know what you guys, um, what happened with you, but once I threw mine in, because I did have an experience back when I was in my 20s working, and I was at another meeting, mostly women, and they were making fun of it. And Mm -hmm. so going back to how do you explain, and I had to, again, use my voice for the women that don't have a voice and say, hold up, let's talk about this because they truly thought it was a way to um, get attention, like an attention-getting thing, um, or a way to, like in an untoward kind of action, mm-hmm. almost making fun of it. Yep. So like if, if we were to use a specific example, um, well, I mean, the Cosby thing is fresh in right. everybody's mind <clears throat> yeah. right now. So how, you know, people were just saying, oh, these those women were after his money. That's all they wanted. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like, no, this is for real. This really happened. Um, you know, I was so proud of my husband the other day. He was just like, great, good. You know, he got, um, he was charged. That is That is somebody else's daughter. You know, that's somebody's sister. This is why we care. Right. This is exactly. why we don't make fun, you know. Exactly, so. and you know, do 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 any do anyone does anyone <laughs> know if they or they would they be able to pick those women out of a crowd? They're not doing it for notoriety. I mean, why would anybody put themselves right. out there and be expose themselves to that kind of ridicule? <laughs> exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Right. It's like, okay, I'm going to tell this story so you can all ridicule me and say it's silly and break. Or something mm-hmm. I wore or said or did. And that's been the problem with mm-hmm. sexual abuse, sexual assault, the glass ceiling mm-hmm. is that this, the, the victim is always the one who's discredited. Exactly. Yes. It's the typical bully behavior that you caused it. And, mm-hmm. and we bought it, you know, mm-hmm. throughout one generation and the other. Well, I must have done something to cause this person to do this to me. So it's time for that, that narrative to switch off mm-hmm. exactly yes and that that is another thing that um actually i was listening to an interview with tarana burke and she was talking about how you know we have created over over decades how you know the reason that women feel that they were not able to come forth and 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 tell their stories because we've created a political society a um law enforcement society a business society where it's you don't believe the person who has that story. You don't believe the victim. You, you know, you stand up for the men. So definitely time for, for a change. Well, it's it, to discredit in, in, the, in the system as it has been, if you discredit or poo-poo or diminish or downplay 
then the it stops there. There's right. no more judicial follow up. So it's not going to be expensive. It's not going to be messy. It's right. going to keep. Uh, we're going to keep this nice straight line going this way. And when you veer off and say, I'm going to, I'm going to listen. What did Lindsay say? What did, what happened to her? What happened mm-hmm. to Amy? Mm-hmm. And then I've got to do something do about something. it. Well, that's mm-hmm. costly. Yep. And it's messy and it's uncomfortable and people don't want to have to face their own problems with this issue. Like your friends who made fun Mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. If you laugh at something like that, that tells me something in your interior world, you're uncomfortable. So you do this, you make fun of it, make light of it. Yeah, absolutely. Or to make it seem like, oh, that's just, that's just their personality. Just, you know, that's just how they are. They, you know, man or woman, whoever, you know, the perpetrator oh they're just like that don't don't yeah. they don't mean anything by it like, yeah that's, you know that's just you know bob over there doing yeah being bob or yeah, yeah. Nah. Oh, awful. that's a really good point that's a that's a very good point it's a way to um let the the person off the hook and then you have to swallow it down mm-hmm. That, because that's what happened to me. I had someone that was being, making some suggestive comments over the phone, but I was afraid of losing my job if I turned him in. Mm. And um, and so, like you said, it just it just dissipated and went away. Mm-hmm. But here I am, you know, twenty three years later, and it still makes me uncomfortable. And uh, probably yeah. a little angry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely <laughs> angry. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the Me Too movement, what started out as, you know, this movement against sexual harassment and assault has really, it really has started taking on a life of all of its own. And it has started to bleed into other areas, you know, now it's, you know, where businesses are looking at the number of women that they have on their boards, the number of CEOs and the number of women in just high executive level positions. We're looking at pay scale. We're talking about all of these different things. It's opened up just, I think, a a big, um, it's just taken the veil off of a lot of things that we just kind of let be okay for for so long. Um, And I know, you know, we've all been in that world, um, but I'm really curious, Angie. Okay, so you were in the uh, net broadcasting mm-hmm. business for however many years. Yes, uh, for 45, 46 years yeah. now. So started a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, so I just, you know, stories, um, thoughts. What, what was that like for you back, starting back in 1970? Three, 1973. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just 21 years old and oh went behind gosh. the ears and had no background in broadcasting. And at that time, you are, you know, you're sexualized, and I worked with it. You know, I had my Farrah Fawcett hair. I was a little down-home weather girl, and that got you airplay. Mm-hmm. wasn't something that I did overtly. It was just me being me at that time, and so it was all about we, They all had weather girls then, mm-hmm. and maybe one of us was a meteorologist in <laughs> Louisville. I don't know. I didn't care, and they didn't care, and I did that gig for eight years. I was very popular. I was very successful, and so I really didn't think much about it because— it wasn't like I was up against this scientist and this, you know, mm-hmm. earth scientist person. Yeah. We were all pretty girls doing what pretty girls do and, and making a living. But what it gave me was the opportunity to grow as a person in that environment and to 
mature and to see what was really valuable about that was that, that you didn't have a platform to have a voice and all, mm-hmm. all sorts of things you never dreamed you would have a voice in. I didn't even know I'd be interested in having a voice in anything. But sure. when it gives you a platform, then you can either blow, poo-poo it and blow it off or you can kind of grow into it. But certainly, we were all very objectified. Mm-hmm. And that was just kind of the way it went. And if you were going to succeed, you sort of played to that uh, ideal. I look back on it now, of course, I'm a feminist now, but I wasn't then. I didn't really think about sure, it. Sure. I was just really all about me at that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, consciousness, my consciousness was not raised <laughs> at that point. But I'm grateful that I had the people in my life who were good mentors and good uh, role models to inspire me to something else besides yeah. just being another pretty face yeah. at that time. And speaking of mentors, you know, that that's another excuse that you're hearing a lot these days. Oh, now because of the Me Too movement, now a lot of men don't want to be mentors to to females. <sighs> and first of all, my, my initial response is, do we need men to be mentors? Why can't women be mentors? Right, absolutely. Women. Um, mm-hmm. But beside the point. But how... You, you know, what are your, when you hear that, Lindsay, what is it? Well, you know, it, and it's just like hearing how companies feel uncomfortable about hiring somebody that's attractive now. Yeah. Because they, you know, it's the same yeah. kind of thing. They don't want to take the risk. Like, because I, I asked, um, I asked my boyfriend about this today because he and I are a little bit different politically speaking. So I always like to just be like, okay, because I know what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? Like sure. how, you know, he's older than I am. So I'm like, you know, you've, and you've ran a business and have never had anybody make any complaint. I mean, I think your fair would be good to work for. And he said, well, it se- and his opinion was, it seems like the pen- pendulum has swung so far one way that business owners, bosses are afraid that it's going to swing so far the other like if, if I, if he said, if I was to say to somebody, oh, you look nice, you look nice today. Mm-hmm. Depending on who was to say that, is it, are, are you taking as I'm hitting on you and that I'm making a pass at you? Like mm-hmm. he said, mm-hmm. you, it, it makes you worry about everything that you say. Sure. sure. And it was just interesting hearing his side because, you know, I'm just, you know, I am also a feminist. So I'm like, you know, I've had bosses say that. And yeah, sometimes you think, you know, it just, I don't know. Do you think it's yeah. how it comes off? Yes, like, it's, it's the person. It's the person. It's the, <laughs> the look. voice, the look. The presentation. Right. And I I mean, I get that. I, I mm-hmm. understand where he's coming from. I, I, I'm trying to think of a time that maybe if I had a male coworker and maybe he walked in with a nice suit, I might say, oh, that's a great suit. Yeah. But that's different than like, you look great no. today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So, um, I yeah, that's it's a really good It also makes you wonder on a totally different level. Do I look crappy on the other <laughs> right. day? Exactly. Is right. this just my day <laughs> yeah. that I'm yeah, looking exactly. good? Is it, you know, there's a whole lot of other stuff out there in play. <laughs> right. And, right. of course, can we compliment each other? Certainly sure. we can and we right. should. I think that's a positive thing. But you're right. It's the tone of voice. It's the attitude. The it's the presentation. And I think most of us have enough sense to know Right. What's inappropriate? And I think that's a fear, though. There are some people who really don't have a filter and don't know right, right. that yeah. that was just a compliment. Right. And I tell people at work all the time. I said, I know I'm an HR nightmare. I call everybody honey and darling <laughs> and pat them on the shoulder and tell them how pretty they are. It's just the you know the nature of my personality and being a Kentucky girl, I guess. Uh, but uh, you but you know, I mean, you sense that there's nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Derogatory evil or right, you know, right, right. Not objectifying anybody. Right. 
And that kind of leads it to this to the next question then. You know, like what as women, what is our responsibility? And not just necessarily us as women, but as a society, what is our responsibility in how we, you know, um, put this message out there, how, how we react to the Me Too movement, if we want it to have a lasting impact. It's not something, because it is, it is a movement that, again, this issue isn't brand new. It's been going on since the beginning of time. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. it, but now it's got a, it, it was given a voice and a platform and people have run with it and they feel, yeah, they're being heard. Um, so, but what is our responsibility going forward? I think that, you know, with the movement, the good thing about it is, is it brings forth having resources for people to go to in the workplace or in schools, you know, having those things available and it not be sometimes, sometimes with HR, you have to jump through hoops to get to anybody to listen to you. You have Mm -hmm. to, you know, oh, well, you've got to talk to this person, that person, like have something accessible to people. You know, in the workplace, I think that's, and in Absolutely. all, you know, schools everywhere. Yeah, resources right. are yeah. so important. Yeah. Safe. Safe, Safe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that I find that is happening, just because it's happening with me right now, is being an advocate for the, the next generation of, mm-hmm. of young women. In fact, I um, got a message from a young girl and she, because I try to make sure that my posts are not just positive, but have some meat to Mm -hmm. them. You know, put a different perspective on what you're doing, what you're thinking, how you're treating other people, and just a perspective on, on your day. And she messaged me and she said, I just want you to know how much reading how it makes me look differently at the day that I'm getting ready to walk into so what we do as women and women in the community women that own businesses and um, are regularly viewed or see something on Facebook or what have you they are reading it whether they like it like whether they hit the like button or or comment or not they're reading it they're taking it in and I think as this movement becomes more of a commonplace, mm-hmm. it's no longer taboo. It's no longer in the dark. You don't. You no longer need to be ashamed or afraid. Then, then it becomes more of um, okay. This is okay because I saw Mrs. Lloyd post something about this, and I know that if I can't figure it out then maybe I can talk with her and she can help me. Right. Mm-hmm. Or Good point. Or if Good I saw point. her yeah. on television, she said this, maybe I can email her and mm-hmm. and the people right. that you serve. So it's it's kind of an ongoing responsibility to just not let it be a trend. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to ask yourself, what does it, it, back to your original question, what does it really mean? How do we de- de- define it? How do we explain mm-hmm. it? And and how does it really look to us and play out in our lives with the people who are in our circle of influence, our, mm-hmm. you know, our, our communities of interpretation, our uh, friends and neighbors and colleagues? How does that uh, live in our in the things that we think, say, and do, whether right. it's a, a meme we post or a conversation we have. You know, people hear you when you're out at lunch or whatever else. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and are we authentic exactly. throughout those conversations and those appearances and, and open to 
also open to listening to those opposing voices with sure. respect, mm-hmm. exactly. like yeah. your friends who were laughing, because at the base of that is something else. And that's, that's the hard part, especially when the veins are popping out in your neck going, really? Do you really, th- how can you really think that? Mm-hmm. But that's not particularly helpful, is right, to right. try to remain calm and keep the dialogue <laughs> open so we can make some headway right. from where we are. Exactly. Or, and being a good listener and a friend or and a good coworker with someone, you know, mm-hmm. there are some people that are afraid to, you know, they don't have, I mean, mm-hmm. we're at this table and we're all pretty strong-willed women there are some that and that's everybody is different and some people might not have the courage to come forth and maybe to help them and say you're not in the wrong right no you're not in the wrong you're not alone no because yeah even even strong-willed i've well i will fully admit that when um this all started that i was thinking you know well Angelina Jolie and Alyssa Milano and Ashley Judd, why didn't they say something sooner? These are some very powerful women. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not that easy. Right. Absolutely not. So, um, because people weren't believing them. Oh, no. And no. the backlash after they spoke out was mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think that's, uh, that's important to remind us that it takes courage, and courage means you have to be willing to lose mm-hmm. your job. Yeah. yeah, You have to be willing to lose this relationship. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to put it all on the line, and some people are better equipped to do that. Sure. That totally. Others. But the more who do it, and that's what we're seeing right. in the explosion of this movement is, yes. well, gosh, if Jenny Jewell can tell it, or mm-hmm. Amy or Lindsay mm-hmm. can tell their story, then I can. And that's why it snowballed right. and it exploded, exactly. as it has globally. I mean, you're seeing women who are forced to wear scarves in countries, or you know, letting the wind take mm-hmm. them away. Women who are forced to wear certain garments are changing. The women who can't drive, women who can't mm-hmm. uh, marry who yeah. they want to in this country, around the world. You're seeing all of a sudden the power of this freedom I am willing to risk my life for the freedom to be who mm-hmm. I am. And it ta- it will continue to take that sort of courage to right. say, oh, yes, I'll lose my job. Mm-hmm. I, I am willing mm-hmm. to lose my job because it's that important. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it becomes the, the new normal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. yes. So, kind of a, a controversial question. You know, when we sit and we think about some of the men who have been, you know, um, accused you know, definitely you've got Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein, um, some of the, the big ones. Um, but then some of the others, Al Franken, Garrison Keillor, Aziz Ansari, who's accusate, who the accusations against aren't necessarily um, maybe maybe not assault, but definitely harassment. And and some people would say, OK, we're not being necessarily fair to them or they're just getting caught up in the momentum of the movement. Do you think that's true? Do you think that we are, aren't being fair to men? Oh, gee, no, I, I think we're, I don't think that fairness maybe is not even the issue, is that once the box is open and all of those demons come pouring out, people are gonna be caught in the storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there levels of abuse? Of course there are. Are there levels of assault? Of course there are. Um, and will some innocent people be caught up in it? Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. But as a whole, I don't think it's really about being against. It's not what we're against. It's what we're for. Exactly. Right. You know, we're not. I I love men. 
<laughs> and I have, I have the track record to prove it. Right? Uh, so, it, it, and I think we all say that it's just a platitude, but it's not really about being against men. It's about being against patriarchy yes. and being for uh, equality and exactly. a level playing field and the safety to go to your job every day without being harassed or molested or going to your school or going to your gym or going to the mm-hmm. grocery store without somebody feeling free mm-hmm. to comment about what you're wearing or put their hands on you. Mm-hmm. That's what needs to change. And it's not just male behavior. It's if you're transgender or gay or handicapped or whatever else that makes you strikingly different, you're you're subject to abuse and objectification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's yeah. got to stop. And that's what the hashtag me too is, is really about is that this has got to stop. We have got to either all is it, freedom's got to be free, free for all, or it's not for any of us until mm-hmm. it is for everybody. We keep on talking. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Bringing it to light. Absolutely. All right. Any other thoughts on that one? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, when when those particular gentlemen, when when those accusations came up, um, you know those thoughts crossed my mind too. Did they were the innocent swept up? And and I agree with your statement on that, absolutely. Um, but at the same time, I was concerned that that women would then again because of this coming up and because of all again all the backlash. Oh, I knew this would happen. You know these women that 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 small percentage of things that, that weren't not founded, I guess, would prevent women from, mm-hmm. from, from saying, well maybe, well, maybe what happened really wasn't that big of a deal. And, and then discrediting themselves. Right. And then we, have to, then we have to, oh my goodness, it's, it's such a thinking, it's a thinking issue mm-hmm. for one, but yes. it's also a, in my case, it was, I, I put that job above my own self-worth right. and who I was created mm-hmm. to be. And I did not have the courage to step out because I felt like at the time that there was nowhere for me to go. There was mm-hmm. no HR. Well, right. I wasn't, didn't know where to go. So um, I don't want that, that might just be a little obstacle, but I, I don't want that to keep us from moving forward for the people that don't know what to say and to come forward. Okay. And I think men who, who are, if you're innocent, you don't ever stop pronouncing your innocence. Right. You don't make a court deal where you settle. Totally. Mm-hmm. You say, I'm innocent and the proof is on you. You know, it, it really is true. Mm-hmm. A person of integrity, man or woman, would say, I will not rest until mm-hmm. my person, my, my reputation is untarnished. I'm not going right. to give up and say, well, here, give me money, and I'll suddenly yeah. you know, go away silently. If you're innocent, you'll you typically fight for right. your reputation, or at least you should, unless you've been beaten down so far that mm-hmm. you don't have a, a voice. So, of course, it's a slippery slope. It's a fine line. It's hard to judge, and there'll be misjudgments along mm-hmm. the way. Well, and I think about like the Matt Lauer situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He came out and said he that there was some false, but there was enough to be true. What if he didn't say that? What if he didn't come out and make a statement and said all false? Would people have then looked at that woman and said, oh, because, mo- you know, some people might have thought he had did no wrong. Right. But he did come out and he stated there was, I was wrong. Some of, there are some that's false, some that's true. He he did come out. I'm not condoning his behavior, 
but he took responsibility for some of his actions. Same with Al Franken stepping mm-hmm. down and just being like, yeah, I, I was wrong and, and resigned. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I agree. There are definitely some, some men out there who are like, yeah, I did it. I'm guilty. And had, But, you know, had that not had that woman not come forward, who else would have been right? That's right. She would have continued thing. the behavior. It's almost too yes. little, too late. Yes. You know, I'll confess to this, but not all of it, which is sort of like saying that didn't hurt you too much when I blacked mm-hmm. your eyes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and right. So it's a it's a shallow apology yeah. in lots of ways. If I apologize now, maybe they'll stop so, digging. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when yeah, you, it's, it's like when you point. start thinking that, but right. yeah, it's almost like well, it kind of all leads into mm-hmm. another thought, mm-hmm. almost like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an excellent point. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay, not to not to um, make this political at all, but well, maybe maybe a little. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I just fi- I find it well. First of all, you know, we talk about all of these people who are getting called out for sexual harassment and sexual assault, and who are just being taken down, and and rightly so. And in the meantime, we have um, the leader of our country who's been accused by. 15, no less than 15 women mm-hmm. of sexual um, uh, misconduct. And, and and he's admitted to it, you know, jokes about it. And he is still our president. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I actually, I went and I found, I, uh, I came across a uh, Chicago Tribune survey, survey that was taken April 5th, 2018. And it was, you know, your opinions of the Me Too movement. How many people find it favorable? How many people have no opinion or don't care? And how many people find it unfavorable? Well, um, Democratic women, 71% of Democratic women find it favorable. You know, they're very much in favor of it. Um, 25% of it have no opinion and only 4% find it unfavorable. Democratic men, 53% find it favorable. 39% 39% have no opinion, um, and 8% have or feel that it's unfavorable. And when we go down to Republican women, this is what shocked me. 20% of Republican women find it favorable. 47% have no opinion or do not care. And 38% find it unfavorable. And then... Republican men. We gotta get them all. Twenty percent find it favorable. Thirty-six find it uh, no opinion or, or don't care, and forty-five percent find it unfavorable. Hmm. So, not to single out Republican women, um, but why? Why is that number? I, I, you know, before you mentioned that you weren't a feminist back in the day. Yeah. Okay. Well, either was I. I thought I was taught that, that it's bad. It's a bad thing. Yes. It's a bad thing. And they hate men. They yes. hate men. Yes. Exactly. And you don't speak out and, and don't be, you know, you weren't created um, a man. You weren't created to be equal to a man. Mm-hmm. And just all the false narratives that right. surrounded what feminism truly is. I wonder if that 20% um, favorable or no, the 47%. Um, is that no opinion no on opinion. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I wonder if they're just afraid. They're afraid to be labeled a feminist. Now, are these re- are these registered Republicans, or are they Republican re- Republicans in office? Uh, registered Republicans. Okay, so it's not like they're afraid of being voted in office, right? <laughs> right. So I mean, yeah. there's that too. Am I yeah, going to tell sure. the party line or whatever else mm-hmm. it is? But I mean, until you have your consciousness raised and you continue to believe that 
this is not a real problem. It's a limited problem. It's, a, it's, it's the media is blown it out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Those snowflakes and crying liberals and whatever else you want to say. <laughs> you tell your, we tell you ourselves stories. And then when it happens to your daughter, mm-hmm. or exactly. it happens to your granddaughter, or it happens to your transgender grandson, then all of a sudden it becomes real. And I don't wish that on right. anyone, but that is quite often what happens is, oh my God. I didn't know mm-hmm. it was going to be like this. So if you don't encounter people, mm-hmm. if you don't go out of your way to encounter people, tell me your story. I've never met anybody yeah. who's been mm-hmm. abused or harassed. And, and when they what they when they are open to it, they find out that everybody they know has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and maybe they've even have a hidden story that they've kept under wraps from mm-hmm. something that happened in elementary school. What is the statistic, Jenny? And I, I know I've, we've all read it. By the time a girl is 10 years old, she's uh-huh. already been sexually harassed or sexual, had a sexual uh-huh. enca- an unwelcome uh-huh. sexual encounter. Uh-huh. And the statistic is so staggering, I, uh-huh. I can't even think about it. And I know that as a child myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, that's happening all the time. And it's and it's it's almost like it's making it. Oh, this that's just yeah, it's commonplace. This, this is how right. culture. Right. What happens? This yeah. way goes. Just what happens. Yeah. So you just need to make sure your girls are stronger. That they know how to fight. That they know how how to fight back. And they know what to say. And I'm like, no. How about we teach our sons that you don't touch anybody, mm-hmm. and not just a girl. Other boys, you don't touch people unless they give you permission to touch them, mm-hmm. or you don't do those things. I remember you, gosh, I was in third grade, and I regularly, my, me and my friends had boys that would come up through our shirts mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. snap your bra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tune in oh, Tokyo. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. Horrible. Um, so, <laughs> didn't mean to hijack what you just said. No, but, no, no, it's, you're absolutely right on it. Yeah, so... Well, and you can't expect that kids are going to learn that at home. It needs to be taken into schools because there's some home life where that's not going to. I mean, exactly. there's abuse at, at home. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it needs to be taken into the schools as well, like taught at the schools at a young age, not you know, yep. have just narrate it to that age level to where right. it's comfortable and they under, can understand. Well, and a lot of the arguments are, are people saying, well, that's what's wrong with kids today is, is parenting. You know, parenting back in the 70s, 60s, 50s was so much better. Really? 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 I'm a child of those days. Yeah. And I was lucky I had great parents. But, yeah. you know, that's still the idealistic. You don't talk about it. You don't mm-hmm. rock the boat. And, mm-hmm. and my goodness sakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Children yeah. are seen, not heard. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Oh, gosh. So one of the things that this survey to me, because seriously, when I read it, I thought, well, this must be from like 2015 or 16 or not 15, since 2017. But I thought, surely it's yeah closer to when this all started. And then I saw that it was April 5th of this year. Mm-hmm. So it clearly states that we've We've still got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. We, do. Mm-hmm. we do. But it's continuing that conversation and, and not in a, an angry right. voice. So every, and I say to all of you women and girls, you have every right to be angry. Sure. Your anger is, is justified in being abused and not being heard and all of those things. I don't mean that. I mean that for those of us who have survived mm-hmm. and move on mm-hmm. to keep the conversation going in a way that allows for people to learn and to mm-hmm. be open to you and to, to hear your story. So I think the more we encounter these women in particular who say, well, it's not meaningful, with 
our stories and with our truth in a loving and respectful way, just like you would anybody else you wanted to understand right. what mm-hmm. your viewpoint is. You don't go, well, you're an idiot, right. and I hate you because you don't understand or love me. Right. You know, come, let's have coffee together. Let's talk together. Tell me why you feel right. the way you feel. What is your experience? Right. Well, may I tell you mine? Not I'm going to tell you mine, but may I tell you mm-hmm. mine? And that, in in my idealistic Pollyanna way of seeing the world, <laughs> is, I think, the beginning. And I think this movement gives us that kind of dialogue yeah. to say, right. well, let me tell you my story, because stories are powerful. Oh, they are. Powerful yes. things. Yes. So, all right. Well, you know, speaking of, of uh, children and parenting, so um, how... How do you think that the Me Too movement is going to shape how we raise our daughters and our sons? You know? Um. Mm. Well, for me, I have a 19-year-old daughter, and I have a 15- and a 13-year-old son. Well, I have two sons. (laughs) (laughs) We did the math, Amy. (laughs) 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 Oh, my gosh. But even with her and... I was just talking to a friend about this ongoing conversation all the time mm-hmm. with every new relationship yeah. and and activity that might be co-ed and just having the what I've been able to foster with my daughter is openness and honesty and just an open door policy and trust mm-hmm. because I don't want to color any of her situations through my lens But on the other hand, I do want her to know that um, once you get past a certain age, the world doesn't look as innocent. And I will tell you, we live in a bubble here. Mm -hmm. We live in a humongous bubble. Uh, Not to say that things don't go on, but a lot of women that I speak with... They've, they've never had experiences or, or maybe, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's just such an odd microcosm. Mm -hmm. It really is. Um, but so I, I have conversations with my daughter, talking to her about how to be co- like confident. And she was criticized by other adults because she was confident. Mm-hmm. What? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When she was a freshman, um, I see how your daughter walks. Mm-hmm. Who does she think she is? And that, yeah, so that, that just takes me back to that whole, what is our responsibility? Our responsibility is to not shame other right. people. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. And, and, and it starts with just other women. I mean, we're here for each other to build each other up, to empower. Um, and then so, and so we talked about it and I said, don't, you're not going to change anything. It's mm-hmm. just, it's envy, it's jealousy, it's uneasiness um, for whatever situation they find themselves in coming out. And if you change, if you give your power away, first of all, why would you do that? And then with my sons, and now my son that's 15, I just informed him today that we're going to sit down and have a conversation because he's in a new relationship. And uh, he said, I've already told her my boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I said, awesome. (laughs) I said, but we're going to talk about that because I think... Children especially, they need to know we are safe places that adults should be a safe place and not be ashamed or embarrassed. Going back to the children should be seen and not heard. So much secrecy and lying and Mm -hmm. hiding. That, that to me, if you feel like you have to hide, that's where the demons are. 
when there's secrets, that's where the demons are. Yeah. Secrets will kill you. Yes. Right. They will destroy anything that's good in your path, especially yeah. dark ones. They get Absolutely. darker. They never get bright, lighter. They always get darker. Yeah. Well, good for your son. Good well, for you, Mama. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I'm definitely not a parenting expert, but I've learned from the fat. I had fat. I have fabulous parents. I've learned from the best, but I also have a lot of awesome, strong women like you, ladies, around me that um, we empower each other in our parenting. We don't listen to the naysayers. We don't listen to the people that don't want to hear, don't want to talk, don't want to bring to light things that are that are um, you know necessary to talk about things that might be uncomfortable to talk about because if there is no change we the status quo stays the same right. and we are here to change that status quo absolutely well jenny you know in, in teaching yoga and you're wearing your namaste shirt and uh, <laughs> when you teach yoga or mindfulness and, and i think i love the whole idea of mindfulness is that when we make when we are aware that we are all you know, what does the Dalai Lama say? He's one in seven billion. That we're all one in seven billion. Mm -hmm. And that if we can teach our children that this person is not different from you, but is exactly you mm -hmm. in every single way, if we begin early, then we will derail objectification of other people. So that you're a means to my end. I need you to give me what I want from you or mm -hmm. what I like from you. And uh, even if it's, I want you to play with me so I can play this game because I need a pitcher for my batter. Mm -hmm. If we start this way and don't realize that I, I just want you over because I like your bicycle mm -hmm. or I want you in my house because I like the way you wear your hair and if you're right. pretty, then I'll be pretty. You know, yeah. All of yeah, these right. little messages that are not so subtle, but mindfulness, I think, and, and awareness that says, I... I, I am aware in myself that I really wanted to use you for my mm -hmm. pleasure or my own benefit, benefit, mm -hmm. uh, whatever it may be. And rather than enjoying you mm -hmm. for your company and your friendship, and that's adults don't know that I'm learning it still, and I'm going to be 66 next month. So uh, <laughs> it's a it is a process. But if we start, if I'd have had that kind of language, mm -hmm. somebody talked to me like that mm -hmm. as a child, yeah. wow, I, would, I think a lot of things would be different. Oh, for yeah. sure. So, okay, we are, we're quickly running out of time. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> part two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, part two, and then we could go on and on. Um, but before, before we do end, I, I do want to ask, you know, for, for a closing thought from each of you, you know, how, how has this affected you personally, professionally, um, just, yeah. Lindsay? You know, I was thinking about it, and I I thought to myself, you know, I, I am in full support of this, but I was thinking, I don't know if I can think of a time where I felt like I was, that, that this has happened to me, that I felt, you know, uncomfortable or assaulted. I've never had any kind of sexual abuse or anything like that. But then I thought, you know, like, I was a bartender before, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, wait. Hold <laughs> on. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I didn't even, like, at that time in my life, I just thought, and I, I mean, I was driving right here, and I was like, at that time in my life, I just thought that that's how it was. I mean, that's, that's part of the job. Mm -hmm. That's part of the, that's part of, you know, and and not that any, anybody ever, you know, again, I guess, look, if had I been in that position now, I probably would have walked out the door. But being, right. when, when you don't have a voice, and you don't have money, mm -hmm. and you don't, mm -hmm. I mean... Yeah, and you yeah. don't have anywhere to go. You feel power. Yeah, you you, you don't got power. Yes, 
Yes. And so it made me kind of think back and made me realize with the movement how, you know, how much I've grown as a person. Mm. And, and that there are people that are in those positions that, you know, they feel they have a hard time coming forward because what if they don't have money? What if they don't have a, a family to go to? They're, those are the people that I feel like I want to be there for. I don't have children. You know, so those people that don't have a voice um, or are uncomfortable, to be there for those people. Absolutely. You know, women, men, transgender. So, um, yes. And there's just so much to do. You know, talk. May, bring awareness. That's, for me... You know, right now I, li- I work in an office with three women, or three other women. You know, I'm I'm out of the <laughs> corporate world. But then I thought back, well, I've been in jobs where I wasn't in the corporate world where this was going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just made me realize a lot. And I grew up with a single mother and she taught me to be strong. And she was in the corporate world as a saleswoman and a male dominated. And she said I was, you know, same for her. She said I was a single mother. I had to have a job. You know, whenever somebody would touch her leg under a, at a meeting, you know, mm-hmm. she, you know, now she says, I don't want my daughter to be like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. good for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the work that's still ahead of us is just that, is that where, where can we, or how can we continue to impact the, the lives of men who have felt entitled mm-hmm. to touch a woman under the table or whatever else they've done? That's significant. You know, certainly we're going to raise our boys. Now we all know we're going to be better moms with our boys and grandchildren and all those things. But we have these men who have been empowered to, emboldened to do those things. And that's the tension is here are these women who, well, I've got to have my job. I don't Mm -hmm. want to rock the boat. Mm -hmm. Here are these women who are going, rock the boat. Come on. And then here are these men going... I, until somebody stops me and gives me a good good reason to stop. So standing up to the bully, mm-hmm. standing up to the person who says, I, you, you're not allowed to touch me, mm-hmm. or is that really what you wanted to say to me? Yeah. We Somewhere in there, we still have a lot of work to do, as Jenny said, but I'm hopeful. I think this is a dynamic time in our history, not just in this movement, but in just in the global yes. voices of people who are said... Uh, no more right. of this on all sorts of levels. Exactly. But I'm encouraged by it, but we still have lots of work to do, and that means all of us, all of the women who have a voice, need to continue to encourage mm-hmm. men to yeah. do better because it's the right thing to do, and women to speak up because mm-hmm. it's the right thing to do. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, one of the things that I remember um, mm-hmm. when Ashley Judd spoke up, and there was a lot of backlash from other women that said that she doesn't represent me. And I had to really stop and think about that because because they felt like she was um, harsh and coarse and um, inappropriate in the words that she used. Okay, so that could be, I understand everyone has an opinion, however... There are so many more women that that Ashley Judd has a voice, and she used it. She sure did right. for lots <laughs> and lots, thousands yeah. of women across the country, across the world that don't that embolden them. So if I can do something like that mm-hmm. on a smaller scale, I'm going to do it. And for years, I was scared because I thought I might lose customers in my business, or I might lose my friend group. Or I might be ostracized from my church. Guess what? Yes, a lot of that happened. Yeah. 
That's okay. You're so a good company. That's right. <laughs> so You're what? My intention is pure. Mm-hmm. And if God gave me a voice, gosh darn it, mm-hmm. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it. And if he gives me a whole new friend group and emboldens the friends that decided that, hey, I think I kind of like this new Amy, then great. I'm happy about it. Oh. But I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. So um, thank you for that. go. Yeah. Yeah, and like the hard, the hard time I'm sure like that it might have been like having that courage. It it's so much better later on. Like you don't think like the good that can come of it. Right. You're just kind of in that hole. Right. But like the greatness that comes after the fact, the you know after the storm yeah. is that yeah. absolute freedom. Yeah, ah, it's yes. a great word. It's a great word. And we will yeah end it there. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, thank you, thanks, And I agree. Yes, thanks, I think ladies. we should have a part two. <laughs> I agree. It's a good one. There's a lot more to get into. We haven't even just, oh, we just scratched the surface. So, thank you, everyone. It is so awesome and such a privilege to have had that conversation with such empowering women. And I think the biggest takeaway that I am seeing and experiencing myself from the Me Too movement is that. We do have a voice. Whether we are speaking up for ourselves or on behalf of someone else, we have a voice. And we need to use it and empower and support others who do the same. You know, as Angie and Amy and Lindsay were saying, sexual harassment and assault and society sweeping it under the rug isn't something new and has been going on since forever. Now that the pendulum is swinging in the other direction, it is our responsibility and our privilege to raise our voices in a way that is supporting the cause by saying to the victims of sexual harassment and assault, both women and men, that we hear you, we believe you, and we support you. And we need to send the message to the abusers that this is not okay. This is not acceptable, and this will not be the normal anymore. And it won't change overnight, but as the saying goes, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So one step at a time and one story at a time, we will change the narrative, and a new normal will take its place. So thank you all for joining me, and as always, keep your ears and minds open and your hearts and words kind and keep having courageous conversations.